Uh, rusty. I'm a little rusty. <laughs> mm. Haven't podcasted in a while or haven't done this in a while? Like hosted. Both. <laughs> yeah. It's, I guess it's been, what, five and a half, something like that. Five and a half months since we did this. Right. Yeah. Uh, I've got to have gotten a new dog since then. <laughs> mm. uh, Max is looking at me like he's not happy right now. And last episode, we were talking about my promotion <laughs> that I had just gotten. <laughs> but now I'm looking for a new job because, yeah, because big corporations suck sometimes. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. It's like 60 people, I think, all together. But we'll see. I'll find something. Hopefully, I'll find something good soon. Uh, so, how's Gears of War? It's exactly the same as every other Gears. <laughs> every like, other. It- it feels very familiar. Couple couple things. Did you read any reviews? Do you know any changes they've made? No. They've added um you know Jack, the little robot that followed you around in the previous games? Do you um, remember you, you, they go, Jack, rip that door. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> really, no. Well really. <laughs> he basically it it, un, it would uncloak and then it would open a door or something or like interface with some kind of electrical thing like a control panel or or something anyway now you can find parts around the game and upgrade the the robot on different paths to basically unlock abilities so like a really handy thing you can have it do is stun enemies or shock them or retrieve ammo and bring it back to you which would be cool, like if you kill a boomer like at a distance or something, let's say you snipe him, you could have Jack go fetch the the boomer and bring it back to you. Yeah, okay. The boom shot, rather, can bring it back to you. That kind of stuff. So that's that's kind of fun. You have to think about, you know, how do you want to upgrade it? Like, do you want to give it more health or do you want to increase its abilities? It can revive teammates. So you could send it to revive your, your squad. Like, that's kind of fun. Okay. So yeah, I hope to get to play it tonight. Sometimes it's just been such a. This is one of those weekends where like you're just busy from like <laughs> set up to sundown every day, and everything's kind of already decided before you even start the weekend. It's kind of exhausting. I kind of dread those weekends sometimes, even though I have fun. Oh, you had had events to go to. Yeah, events and. Some of the stuff that I plan, like I planned a movie night with my gamer group last night, and I went to see the rugby team that I used to play for play. Uh, had to go meet a cat today that I'm taking care of in a few weeks. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> yeah. The cat doesn't, well, she, she seemed like she was pretty comfortable, but then if I like made a loud noise, she like got up and like, ah. I so. bought a new hard drive. So I needed a new um, SSD because the one that I had ran out of space. It was I purchased it like eight years ago, so it was only 120 gigabytes. So about a one terabyte drive, and I spent all day yesterday reinstalling Windows, all the updates, all the software, all the drivers, downloading all my applications. You know, yeah, just that was a full day of just. No, that stuff is yeah, that can take a. Wow, yeah. I had to upgrade. I had to update Windows. I guess I hadn't really updated it since I got this PC a year and a half ago. I had to update it so I could actually do Game Pass because it wouldn't let me 
do Game Pass until I upgraded Windows. Uh, yeah. Grab Gears and um, no, not Gears. I got the um Blair Witch game. Oh, fun! I haven't played that yet. Do you like Borderlands? You know, I like the first one well enough, but I never played the second. Okay. Well, that was all over packs, just everywhere. They were, like, giving out masks, and you'll see, like, statues, and then they had their own big booth, and their panel, and displays, and, uh. And now, there was a VR version for the PS VR, and it was announced that it's coming this fall to PC. A year later, than when it launched on PlayStation, but... A lot of people are worried that it's going to be an Epic Game Store exclusive, um, which would suck to have to wait a year and then you get it and it's in the store you don't want to get it on. Because um, I know I'm not, I'm trying not to support um, the games, the Epic Game Store. I think I, um, is that where um, Anthem was? Epic Store? No, that was, I don't know. It Bioware might have its own store. Yeah. That's, that's a problem with PC gaming is, um, there's no unified sort of social hub the way you have Xbox Live and you can keep all your game profiles and achievements and friends list under one place. It's all scattered. And the closest thing that PC has to a social hub is Steam. And then everyone now everyone's opening um, additional storefronts, but now it's just all fragmented. So it. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a concern if I decide I'm going to not go to with consoles anymore, if I'm just going to be a PC gamer. It'll be almost like you never left console land with everybody having their own thing. and yeah. I don't know. I think I'll still be doing consoles for a while. I need to upgrade my PC now that I'm getting more serious about PC gaming. I'm playing on like a laptop, a gaming laptop right now. I think I want to go back to desktop route and get... Um, like a really cool, get two really cool monitors. I think I want to start streaming more. I'm probably going to have to leave Comcast because they have that stupid bandwidth cap. And I went way over it in August. And I think that's partially because, um, I was streaming quite a bit and also downloading the videos and uploading them and also downloading games a lot. Ooh, I didn't know there was a Comcast. Bandwidth cap. Yeah, one terabyte. Hmm. I have, I have Comcast. I don't think I've ever hit that cap, though. Maybe you... I don't know. I guess there's an unlimited plan, which uh, would be another $50 a month on top of what I already pay, but I think I may switch to Frontier, which has no... Hmm. Cap. Never heard of... Never heard of them. Yeah. They may just... That may be a local thing. I got to play Code Vein at PAX, which... I didn't know what it was going into it. I just saw, oh, it's another Bandai, Namco, however you pronounce it, game. And it looked pretty cool from a distance. I didn't realize it was a um, Dark Souls kind of challenge because I just kept getting my butt kicked. <laughs> I, I was getting worse the more and more I played. I was dying sooner instead of later the more I played. Uh, it was coming out this month. Hmm. My monitor comes tomorrow. I'm very excited. My 34-inch ultra-wide. Oh, the longest ever has, like, 27-inch, 24-inch. Yeah. <laughs> Not to brag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we should talk about this instead of Spartacus. <laughs> now, Spartacus is fine. I just 
I think I've said this before. I am tired of taking notes and watching TV and taking notes. Um, so I didn't do that this time. So oh no. I, I just read out of time. I watched it once and I usually watch it a second time to take notes, but I only got to watch it once. <laughs> oh, you're so a bad host. Time. I know I'm a bad host. I didn't watch the commentary and take notes and I after know. five months, I know. expect <laughs> better. Still didn't have time for it. I know. Shame on me. Shame. That's ridiculous. Shame. Shame. <laughs> I know. I'll do better next time in 10 months or whatever it is. <laughs> See that you do. So this is Spartacast, as we say. Uh, we are discussing two uh, new, new quote unquote episodes today. From the final season, Spoils, Blood Brothers and Spoils of War. But first, Matthew, mm-hmm. do you have any historical fun facts for us? Boy, do I. Boy. What do you think I, <laughs> this is a fun new segment. What do you think I <laughs> got my facts about off of this episode, these two episodes? That will require me to remember what's in the episodes. I may need my memory stuff. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Would it be what happened? Well, this is sad. Okay, I'm just gonna go then. Um, as always, disclaimer: I get all this crap off the internet, so probably all of it's fake. Just so you know, don't use this for your AP history exam because it's probably not all true. So I've got three different facts, short facts. Uh, the first one: Spartacus and his crew captured the city of Sinuessa. Yes. It's a it's a real city, but it yeah. no longer exists. It was a real city. It no longer exists. The ruins are within a city called Man- Mandragone. Mandragone. Wow. <laughs> it's uh, about an hour's drive from Naples, about an hour and 10 minutes from Pompeii. It's also about a 19-hour flight from my apartment. Okay. So when are we heading there? Uh, let's go there right now. Since you can't remember <laughs> what the episodes would happen, let's just end the podcast and get on a plane to Mandragone. No, I've got nothing to do tomorrow, so <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> it's it's right on the coast. It's gorgeous. The water, the beaches. Mm. I bet it's just great. Um, no evidence that the real Spartacus ever took the city of Sinuesa, but Hannibal did. But 140 plus years earlier, in 217 BCE. Yeah, I think I remember on the commentary last time they said they're just looking on them, looking for a city that they could like close to the sea that they could use for this <laughs> for their plot purposes. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. On a side note, I th- I think it's funny how years before Jesus was born, count downward like. We didn't start counting years until Jesus happened, yeah. and people were like, "Oh, this is important. We should just count forward from here, and then we'll count backward." I know this is not how like it actually worked, um, because everyone, like all these different civilizations, had their own calendars and they were keeping track of time in their own way. But I do like to imagine that way back before the Roman Empire, someone decided that they were going to count down instead of up, and they just picked a number at random. So they're like, eh, let's just say it's we're going to start at 500, and then every year it's going to be like counting down. Yeah. That's my that's my fantasy of what happened. Anyway, uh, second fun fact I got from the Spartacus wiki. So this is I couldn't find any other sources to uh, verify this information. So this is definitely fake. Um, under the category of method of killing, carnificate, car, 
Carnificina. I want to call it Californication, but I know that that's the David Duchovny show yeah. and not. But Carnificina, not carne asada either. That is a uh, that is a kind of cuisine. Carnificina is a Roman punishment meaning executing in Latin, if you say so. And relating to Carnificina is Carnifex, which was the professional torturer and executioner of slaves and common criminals in ancient Roman society, derived from the words carnis, or flesh, and facio, or to make, in other words, a butcher. The nature of the Carnifex's job was considered lowly and spiritually impure, and Carnifices, <laughs> plural, I don't know if that's the pronunciation, often reviled in society, though their profession was considered necessary. Hmm. Well. Lastly, now we saw Surfer Caesar sporting a new haircut in the second episode. Yeah, it looks better. You think it looks better? Because when he showed up, I wrote in my notes, ugh, I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like that long hair look he had. I liked his surfer look. Yeah. Except he needed board shorts. <laughs> so I wrote down um, haircuts as a thing to research. And then when I typed in this morning Roman hairstyles, the first thing that came up was the Caesar haircut. Like, oh, of course. I didn't even think of that until I started looking it up. It was so clever that the TV show made a reference to the Caesar haircut by having Caesar get his haircut. Yeah. So clever, it went <laughs> over my head. And seemingly yours too, Caesar, apparently. That was the Caesar haircut that he got? I, it's gotta be, right? I suppose. Does anybody really know? Probably not. Uh, from a website about men's hairstyles, uh, quote, in the first century BC, Julius Caesar didn't sport the style because it was fashionable or even stylishly prized during the time period. The truth is he was dealing with a serious case of baldness, which left him uneasy from all the enemy taunting. To combat his grooming woes, Julius Caesar brushed his hair forward from the crown of his head into the style you see today. Probably fake. It's probably fake news. And then I found a book called From Abba to Zoom, a pop culture encyclopedia of the late 20th century. Forward combed and close cropped this male haircut with roots <laughs> all the way back to the days of Augustus Caesar of ancient Rome was a trendy style in the 1960s worn by mod studs. I don't know what that means. Like James Coburn and Steve McQueen. Thanks to pop singer George Michael and ER actor George Clooney, it made a comeback in the early 1990s. First among gay men, always on the fashion forefront. Then crossing over to the straight population. Nice. I think this might have been a different Caesar, though. I'm just Googling it, the Caesar cut. Yeah, you see this a lot, like, in Portland right now. <laughs> oh, yeah? I think I have the Caesar cut, because I can't, I don't know what my hairstyle is. I just go into the hair, hair salon, and I say, I want it short, but not too short. And then they'll just keep cutting, and, and then they'll go, is that okay? And I go, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, like it's a little short on the size, but longer on top. I, I like it long on the, sort of on the top, but not, I don't like it long on the forehead. So the bangs, which I think is actually kind of key for the Caesars. So I, I know I don't really want it too much on my forehead. So maybe I don't have the Caesar. I don't know. What I like about this book is that it was written in 2005, but it considers George Clooney to be a bad guy from ER and not like all the other things he's done. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I still, no, no, I don't. <laughs> like, yeah, he is, um, he's just George Clooney now. Yeah. Uh, I think I want to get this book from Abba to Zoom because I was reading through other entries and it's just like a guy just like 
saying stuff about pop culture nonsense. The the very next um, entry in the book after the Caesar cut, mm-hmm. calamity, calamity jittle. What the fuck is jittle? Calamity jittle. The rootin' tootin' little blonde cowgirl who wrote a black-spotted palomino rockin' pony in the land of Little Kittle is a sought-after favorite item from Mattel Toys' diminutive doll line of the 1960s. Calamity Jittle from the land of Little Kittle. I guess this, yeah, I guess the even all over could also be considered a Caesar cut, and we're according to this kind of short, I don't know. Yep. But these are pretty cool. From Abba to Zoom is not a good a book title as a book that I referenced on Hooplecast. Flappers to Rappers, American Youth Slang. So it's a flapper. You know flappers from the 1920s? Those girls, like, with the dresses and the long <laughs> pearls, and they, like, with their legs, and the da-da-da-da-da-da dancing, and the speakeasy. Oh, flappers. guys? Okay. Well, it's girls. a girl. <laughs> yeah, flappers to rappers. Uh, I put a link in the Skype um, of Caesar men with Caesar haircuts. Look at the first photo. Oh, Andy Whitfield. Yep, and he's on all of these websites about that haircut. It looks so, really good in that uh, in all black like that. That's my fun facts. Nice, thank you. <laughs> so, uh, Caesar haircuts. Um, wow, I have already forgotten what the other two were. <laughs> I'm uh, so tired. About the city. Oh, the city, US, okay. And then um, what was the other one? Um, yeah, I forgot to. Oh, uh, Californication. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> so, so we're not that's not another podcast we're doing fyi i don't want to cover californication i think i'm done with podcasts i am too uh, at least podcast about tv you have to do something about yeah unless i didn't have to have a full-time job in which case i could keep going uh, you know and I make said, it my job i said it was maybe one of the shows i've already done a podcast about continued in some way then I would keep doing it, like if they brought Babylon 5 back or Sensei back, maybe. Oh, yeah, you'd have to. Yeah. You would have to. Um, there is a, um, there's like a Slack that I'm in, and they always have like a topic of the day, and one of them was like, um, what will your memoirs be called? And people had like really, um, funny answers, but I said my memoir would be called, I'm so tired, like a Will Johnson story. (laughs) (laughs) Every day. Except for when I was in Seattle at PAX, I was tired, but I slept so good. Like when I'm home, I maybe sleep like four hours a night, but up there I was like eight or nine hours a night. So I was just exhausted from running around all day. Had nothing to wake me up. So anyway, our first episode is Blood Brothers. Originally aired March first, twenty thirteen. Directed by T.J. Scott and written by Allison Miller. I think this is Allison Miller's first episode. It's a writer. She was an assistant during uh, one of the previous seasons. A lady writer. I know. What? Yeah. So that means that all the women must have been portrayed. Let me see. She 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 was an assistant on the last season, and she was an assistant in the prequel season. And she also is a producer on a show called Strange Angel, which I think is on now. I think I remember that show. Yeah, rocket scientist in 1940s L.A. He's secretly the disciple of occultist Aleister Crowley. Oh, that's oh. not that's not the show <laughs> I was thinking of. It sounds interesting, I guess. Yeah, it's not not the show I was thinking of. 
I'm not sure what I was thinking of. <laughs> By the way, I started watching um, the first episode of Beauty and the Beast <laughs> today. Yeah, that's on my list. <laughs> is it as I, I never saw it back when it was on, but oh, I used to watch random episodes when I was homesick or something. I would turn it on and I'd be like, "What is this?" Because it's it's so not for a twelve-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the opposite of this show. But I am watching it so that I can guest on Sassy Sewer Line Boutique, which is the new podcast from the creators of Intro to X. <laughs> Calavishi Fashion Cast. Um, I can't remember what the Prisoner Podcast was called. Village Fashion Center Village with Fashion an R E, um, and so forth. I I may have seen maybe like a scene from that Beauty and the Beast here or there, but never really watched it. I'm kind of hoping Linda Linda Hamilton is at least good in it or interesting in it, and Ron Perlman. Yeah, know. Ron Perlman's always good. Yeah, yeah. I love Linda Hamilton. Well, Reese, your uh, dog farts are the best. Uh, so, for some reason, I thought that I guess last episode that Crixus and Nivea like left at that oh, point. I wish uh, they had. I don't know if it still happens or if I'm just getting it mixed up with like real history because they broke off at different points and came back together supposedly, uh, Crixus and others. But who knows? But yeah, so they had massacred all those people, which Spartacus isn't happy with. Well, first of all, they deserve each other because they're both sourpusses. They're both no fun, and I don't like either one of them. Oh, wow. Um, second, so like Gannicus, and- Gannicus and Saxa are hilarious. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> they're the best. <laughs> He he's very uncomplicated. Like he's just a kind of like go along to get along kind of guy. I mean, he's a murderer, well, killer, and uh, so she. But they're a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of the first episode is me trying to remember who everyone's name, what everyone's name is. Yeah. And I didn't even remember Crixus's name uh, (laughs) for a very long time. I remember the names. I was just trying to remember what had happened. Like, okay, why? Are all these bodies here? Who are these people? <laughs> Why are all these people dead? Yeah. But that's every episode. So I don't think that that, for me, that didn't matter. Cause I would, I figured I'd pick up the plot thread faster. Cause the plots are never that complicated. It was just everyone's kind of unusual name out of certain names I remember. The, so in the, in the first scene, um, there's a bunch of bodies hanging from, uh, a ceiling, which is gross. And, um, Agron and Nasir have a little, well, it's like a lover's quarrel. Yeah. I forgot this. I didn't remember. I didn't remember why Agron was so upset. It's because Nasir had a little attraction to the pirate, I guess, but nothing happened. But I don't know if he was even that much, if he was even that, if he was even attracted to him. I think he just kind of had a, you know, you know, he was a friend or he treated him friendly. But apparently oh. you can't talk to... Well, maybe, well, maybe I'm just remembering it wrong. But I don't think anything happened. I think you just caught them together, maybe talking or something. I don't know. It's well, then why did, why did he care so much, then? Because he's a guy. It was, it was tedious and yeah. uh, stupid. It was just... But not as ridiculous as when um, Spartacus, Spartacus came in and said, uh, you should salt down these bodies so they don't rot. Yeah. 
And then they just kind of like sprinkled salt. Like, is that all it took? Was it like a little, little toss of salt and you didn't have to cover every single part of the body to prevent it from rotting? Just like a little splash will do it. It's gotta be like one of the worst jobs. Just sprinkle all these dead bodies with salt. Some kind of red salt, wasn't it? It was was pink Himalayan sea salt. Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm in the the camera. And why did Spartacus say that? these bodies would be useful at some point. He said something like that. I thought we were going to get a scene of them, like putting armor on them or something. Those are like decoys or I don't know. Yeah. Later on, he said something, he said something like use the bodies to make it look like we have, um, I think it was to make it look like they had, because some of them were actually leaving, but I guess they're using the bodies to make it look like they still had a full group inside the city, but they never, I guess they never got a chance to really do that. That didn't seem like they did. Yeah. Cress is attacked. Oh, Saxa. You beautiful. <laughs> beautiful human being. A lot of this episode is Crixus giving nasty looks to Spartacus. Yeah. I like the shot of that spinning sword that Caesar ended up catching. It was just, that was fun. I think it was Caesar who caught it. Yeah, so Caesar, um, was it this episode? Let's see if I can figure out where this episode ends. So Spartacus goes off somewhere, Sicily. Well, that's where they want them to believe, at least. And Crixus is mad that Spartacus left without telling him. Which, I don't know, if you're going to disobey the leader, maybe you don't need to be included in on all the plans. But I understand him not wanting him to know because, you know, somebody could find out like Caesar the spy. Well, it was all a, a ploy to make that woman, when they when she, when she was released back into Roman custody, give a false report of animosity in Spartacus's camp, which obviously Crixus is a bad, like, he wouldn't be able to sell that convincingly. So they just <laughs> made it, you know, they made it seem like he was at odds with Spartacus. I mean, they, they were. It was very realistic and convincing because they were. And then Spartacus was like, yeah, I had to make you think that I was not thinking with, a, you know, all my faculties because we needed her to report that things weren't, you know, you know what I'm saying. Copacetic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I have a seventh generation Core i7 advertising <laughs> a ninth generation on TV. I should turn the TV off. Say, I work for this company, but I don't even keep up with the product line, <laughs> all the products that are coming out. Um, yeah, anyway, I'm a software guy, not a hardware guy. Oh my god. What? <laughs> you, no, it's just the way you said that. I'm a <laughs> software guy, not a hardware guy. <laughs> Did you see that Overwatch is coming out on the Switch now? What's oh, Overwatch? Yeah. I still play Overwatch almost every day, so... Cool. Uh, anyway. Um, so when Spartacus comes back, he's, um, like... Yeah, the Chris is about to open the door. So, yeah, so how do you like Agron in this episode? <laughs> how do I like... Well, he's uh, he's irritating, because he's... He doesn't trust his boyfriend. And no. I do like it, and again, I never remember when we watch two episodes back-to-back which episode it is that certain scenes happen. But Nasir says, yes, I expect you to trust me. I would trust you. And that really makes him pause. Yeah. Like, oh, shit, I have been an asshole. 
the line where he's like, I commanded you not to, you know, speak to him. It's like, you commanded me. Yeah, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Fuck are you? I really like that. Yeah. yeah. But he's on Spartacus's side. He did say that he was loyal to Spartacus. I, and I did appreciate that. I do appreciate loyalty. Yes. <sighs> I thought Agron was doomed by the end of this episode. When he was in front of that gate and the the battering ram came in and Caesar's like, I suggest you run. I mean, but, but before then they were so outnumbered that I thought that they were, I thought Agron was dead for yeah. sure. Um, I'm just looking up something. Okay. Uh, never mind. So, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, Chris was about to open the door. As far as like, this one Spartacus comes back like, yeah, I want to open the door and let the slaves out. And that really does piss Crixus off. Though it doesn't piss Crixus off. <laughs> uh, he's so tedious. I, I, I mean, okay. Don't, do you think that Spartacus should have told Crixus his plan? No. Well, no. <laughs> if, if he had told Crixus his plan, I do not think Crixus would have been able to sell this convincingly. On the other hand, Spartacus certainly was taking a lot on, on faith that his that he would be able to prevent Crixus from doing something super rash before he could reveal his plan. Like, he let it get to such a degree that what if Crixus had killed all the slaves? You know, because Spartacus wasn't there. So what if Crixus had killed that woman and, and all the others? Yeah, because I don't know if Agron could have stopped him. Yeah, it's really risky. I don't know. Spart- Spartacus seems very arrogant. Like, I'm gonna, he, the way he was talking to Crixus, like, I'm going to like kick your ass if you <laughs> if you keep on doing this, like. Are you sure you can kick his ass? It might be pretty even. Yeah, I I think he what he is being arrogant. Yeah, and I didn't like it. Loyalty, good arrogance, no. Uh, I even liked how Gannick has even chimed in. Like, dude, you've been kind of a dick lately. <laughs> he was talking to Crixus. <laughs> is this the one where Nevia even um tried to maybe this next episode where she was trying to apologize to Gannicus? Yeah, I think it was next episode, and it, the apology <laughs> kind of stalled. She's she's like, um, I'm sorry I killed your blacksmith friend. I guess I shouldn't have. And he's like, yeah, you shouldn't have. And then you attacked me. And she kind of like backpedaled on her apology. Well, maybe I'm not that sorry. <laughs> and he was like, you touch me again, I'll treat you like a real soldier. <laughs> like, Ouch. I like that blonde bearded guy who kind of, I think, was wearing eyeliner. Who? What was that guy's name? He's the one that gets killed by Caesar. Oh, the guy who's uh, Nemetes. Is that his name, Nemetes? The one who got his neck slit. Yeah, he was fun. I liked him. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Caesar finally reveals himself. So I was, I wasn't paying close attention because I thought I'd be rewatching it. So uh, is this the one? Yeah, so she, uh, Lyta makes it to Craxus and gives him the false report, and he decides to attack right then. Does he, like, see through it, or does he just decide to, you know, be aggressive and attack them instead of doing what they wanted him to do? I don't know. Um, why, you mean, at what point did Caesar reveal himself? I know, I just think, it, I was just, 
Uh, those were just two separate thoughts, <laughs> but I was just thinking that, you know, Spartacus's plan didn't go the way he wanted it to. No, it was the pirate that kind of kicked oh, everything the off. Okay, the pirate betrayed yeah. him. That's why. Okay, that's right. He, he said something like, um, I don't know what he said, but the ship opened and the Roman soldiers were inside and then they came pouring out. And it was at that point that Caesar, I think, attacked. No, wait, didn't Caesar reveal himself? I think it was earlier. To Nemetes? Like in that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, shit was going down and then they were running away. And Nemetes said... Dude, you're running the wrong way. The fight's over this way. And that's when Caesar started stabbing people. And he's like, oh, have you lost your mind? And so when the pirate said he wasn't going, that's when you kind of knew something was up, or at least kind of suspected. So I guess maybe he was the one that tipped off Crassus. I don't know. It just seemed like he's outsmarting Spartacus. Hmm. Yeah. This is the one where... um. Gannicus runs into his groupie. Maybe it's mm, It's most of the next episode where they're hiding under the uh, floorboards. The impressive thing about this episode was you can re- you really see what a great strategist Spartacus is, and you it really builds up this idea that they're that they've laid the seeds for this great attack, and then out of nowhere they're they are blindsided. And completely wrecked. And it did seem very bad for a lot of our heroes. Like, I I had a hard time picturing most of our characters surviving this episode. And yet, oddly, they did. <laughs> well, there's four episodes left, so... <laughs> I was like, I remember, yeah, you're right, I'm watching this, and I'm like, are, so are a lot of people going to die? I mean, there were like four episodes left, and I'm just like, not, re- not remembering when or if they died. You know, correctly, but yeah, there's some survivors, but yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, what else happened? I don't think we saw Tiberius in this episode. I think he comes back oh, in the next one. You mean that oh, little yeah. twerp? Oh, oh that was yeah, we ep- do. That was this episode. Okay, I'm getting mixed up. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's he's got the stone in his hand that the one that he used to kill his friend, um, lover, I don't know, and he's very sad. And I spent a lot of this episode wondering who that woman was, if that was his mother. It's not. Yeah, yeah. Just, just some slave that his her his father fancies, I guess. Yeah. He brought her with him and not his wife. I think that was the one that Caesar was kind of hitting on or wanted to have sex with, but Crassus stopped it. Now, now Dad, the Imperador, is a real asshole. Right. This woman is very nice and gentle and seems to care for him a great deal. And I don't know, does he just show her a completely different side to his personality when he's alone with her? Or is she deficient in some way that she can't tell that he's a psychopath? I don't know. She's infatuated with him. He's nice to her and love makes you ignore a lot of things. (laughs) A lot of things because... He, he's just um he's so awful all the time i it, i really find it hard to believe that in behind closed doors he's not as nasty to her sometimes as he is to everybody else including his son so i that to me that doesn't track but okay yeah she has a yeah 
So Tiberius takes his revenge out on her. I think that's next episode. Um, no, that was this episode. Was it? Hold on. No, it's next episode. No, wait. I'll just, I'll just, you know, control F and type in rape because that's where it, <laughs> that, and that'll take me to the episode. It was this episode. You're right. Very, um, you know, ugly, of course. Um, yeah. There was a warning at the beginning of the episode. So like, oh God, <laughs> I could remember what it was going to be, but. I was concerned that his father would then find out that she was, she had been raped and, and cast her out as damaged. Yeah, this isn't this kind of what he was implying, wasn't it? Like, what if he ever found out? Like, you can't tell him. I don't know what's in the next episode, though. So there's just mostly lots of fighting in this one. A lot of over-the-top ridiculousness. When um, Nemetes was had his throat slit and he spun out off the balcony, or not a balcony, but wherever he was, up high, onto he the ground. Fell down, yeah. It, he just did it. It was so over-the-top. <laughs> I, I I spent both of these episodes wondering, is there another TV show that is this ridiculous and so comfortable and how ridiculous it is? And don't get me wrong, I'm totally here for it. Not that I remember. <laughs> um, yeah, like sometimes like Tarantino just gets so ridiculous and it's just, it's just accepted. Like with blood squirting like a thousand feet in the air or something like that. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Anyway, so the pirate gets his face slashed up and falls into the sea during the fight at the end. Mm-hmm. I thought he was dead for sure. Yeah, me too. This is the one that Caesar. Yeah, this is. I think this is the one where Caesar like almost dies, and he wishes they would have rewritten history. And I don't like this version of Caesar. I like the one on Rome, though. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Polar opposite characters, right? Yeah. I'm going to assume that that one is more accurate. Yeah. Who really knows? But this one is preposterous. Yeah. You're in foreshadowing it. I can't remember which episode there is. Crash was talking about how great of a man he's going to be. It's the next episode, yeah. Okay. Well, we can move on. Yeah. Do you want to, what are our segments to um, wrap up? Let me so find it. <laughs> um, any quotes? I do have a quote. I will give Caesar credit because he had that one line. What's that? Uh, now would be time to run. I just like the way he said that. <laughs> I guess I always like that when they're telling you to run. Cause mm. I remember Doctor Who doing it one time. I thought he was a badass. <laughs> when um, the father and his lady friend were um, about to fuck, she says, uh, oh, no, he says, when you are within my arms, the world falls from concern. You will uh, you will forever find me there until the gods tumble from the heavens. Oh, so romantic. And then he has his son kill people. <laughs> um, uh, any other quotes? Uh, who's the eh. winner? Um, let's say it's Caesar. He had a pretty good episode, right? Yes, plans came to fruition. Not Caesar, I would probably say Crassus Imperator. Uh, loser. Hmm. Nemetes literally lost his life. True. Um, um, the, um, oh, I forgot to say, uh, I thought it was funny when the Roman slaves were being, or not slaves, but um, captives, hostages, were being let go out of the city. There was a guy on the uh, ramparts, like, pissing off the, 
And Crixus got a little splash. No, <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> um, that probably happened a lot, though, back in those times. There's probably places now where that happened. Where people just want to pee off stuff. Um, the I don't know her name, but the woman who was raped. Uh, after she did that little ass twerp of kindness, he yeah. repaid it by raping her. It was pretty awful. Um she could be the loser. Uh, I think the biggest loser is really Spartacus, though, right? I mean, he had these elaborate plans, and they just got all cocked up. It's like when a DM spends all that time coming up with a campaign. It's and just like that, yes. Players do something to just screw up everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 100% just like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, you didn't think we were going to do that, did you? Oh, okay. Have you ever DM'd a role-playing game? No, but I've been one of the people who screwed up <laughs> the DM's plans. <laughs> and he was like, damn it, I didn't think y'all were going to do that. Uh, best slay. Only one I remember top of my head is Nemetes. Nasir had some great moves with his spear. Uh, he actually did. I remember him kind of getting pumped up. Uh, Donar with his giant axe killed a bunch of dudes uh, on the way to chopping that rope, which I thought was a really great scene, and the fight choreography with the axe was very cool. Is Donar the one who gets taken? No, that, I think that was Lugo who gets taken. They're basically interchangeable. So They look so similar. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think it was Donar who had the axe, and, it, and he ends up getting killed in an alleyway at some point, and... Um, Lugo's the one that gets taken. And I think it's Lugo who smashes a Roman's head against the wall, which I think was pretty cool. I I don't have a pick for this one because there, there were a lot of good kills and not one was really better than the other, I think. Best lay, uh, maybe Crassus and the woman, uh, slave woman. Mm. Maybe there isn't one. Tiberius. No, that's awful. No. No. Uh, my favorite um, um, scene of fucking was in that tavern where there's just a guy and a girl going at it on a table while all the other characters have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. That's my best lay. Best lay. No, I'm trying to remember if I've ever been in a situation like just having a conversation while two people are fucking. Not really. Not that you know of. Yeah, not that I remember. <laughs> there was one time in high school where we were on like a school trip and the people I was rooming with brought some girls into the room and I was just trying to sleep because I was so tired and also wasn't into girls really. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so I just, and so I was just trying to sleep in a chair while people were like fucking in the bed. Anyway, um, high school. <laughs> my, first college roommate would bring his girlfriend who didn't go to our school. She would stay over some weekends. And I definitely, while I was in my bunk, cause I was on the top bunk. Uh, yeah. I know that they were having sex <laughs> for the lower bunk. <laughs> and then, um, one time, maybe I feel like I've told this story before. Uh, I went out to breakfast at the dining hall. And then when I came back, they were fucking in the room. Yeah. And um, I wasn't go going to be like, oh, no, like, I'm sorry. Like, I was just like, you know what? This is my room, too. So uh, yeah. I made a phone call 
um, I, that I didn't need to make just so I could stay in the room for a while and make them really uncomfortable. Nice. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, I went on vacation with some friends like four years ago and shared a hotel room with them. And there are times that they were fucking in the room when I was in there too, uh, sleeping or whatever. <laughs> well, it's good to know that um, modern society hasn't progressed that much. That um, <laughs> it's a little, I'm I guess, it's a little less how- out in the open. Like, it, but still, yeah, people still can't seem to like just wait until they have privacy. They. <laughs> They never really think, maybe this will make the person who's also in the room uncomfortable and we shouldn't do this. And if we want to, then we just say what what we want to do and now that person can leave. Yeah. I don't know. Because we actually had separate rooms on that trip, but at first we were supposed to have separate rooms because I wanted to save money. Like, hey, let's get a room together. (laughs) Okay. Um, Ratings. So I had a lot of good action. Um, I, I liked all the planning, and then I liked the plan going to shit. That was fun. It's um, not what I expected, so I was surprised. I think overall it was very solid. So I'll give it a 9 out of 10 uh, people fucking on a tavern table. Yeah, I agree it was solid. I liked... The fighting scenes. Um, <laughs> I liked Ganica, Saxa, Agron. I can't want to call him Agro. Um, I didn't really, and y'all didn't like the rape scene. I didn't like Crixus being annoying. But, you know, solid episode. Crixus, I guess, was supposed to be annoying. <laughs> so I'll give it, I'll give it eight and a half out of ten. Um, slit ropes. Oh, two more things. Sorry, I didn't mean to yeah. um, step over your rating there. Uh, there's a moment when Spartacus is so angry that he growls, and the uh, sound effect of him growling is over-the-top hilarious. <laughs> and I especially love this moment when Agron like, basically repels from, I guess, the wall. He It's in slow motion, and he just spins down on the rope. And I'm like, oh, God, this show is ridiculous. It's it's so fun. This I is think, the episode where they come, uh, was it Crixus, Gannix, and Spartacus come leaping over the wall or something <laughs> to attack? Yes, that happens yeah. too. Yeah. This show is like Gears of War, the TV show. <laughs> there, I mean, not to, to spoil Gears 5 for you, but there is a scene where Coltrane um, gets on a motorcycle. Oh, it's in Act 1. It's the most insanely stupid thing. And it's just like only in Gears, and this show is like only on Spartacus. You know, people love that. <laughs> Not there's anything wrong with it, but you know, there are people who. Who what? Who like over the top action yeah, violence? Yeah, over the stuff? top. Yeah, they're just drinking their beers. Well, I do too. I mean, I, I don't always, but I accept it on this show. This, yeah. because it's this show. On, I'm meeting this show on its own terms, and normally action stuff is boring, but I appreciate the uh, the fight choreography on this show. It's really good. Um, so I just go with it, and it's fun. And I kind if I could quit my job and just do podcasts, I think you and I could do a, a like all the macho TV shows, like Strike Back 
and oh. um, Banshee, and um, oh. basically, it w- if it's a bit on Stars or Cinemax, we'll do all those uh, ridiculous shows. I love Strike Back and Banshee. <laughs> I never found them to be too ridiculous. Well, maybe Strike Back, but um, Banshee, that was one of my favorites. I still haven't seen the last season. I haven't seen the last season of Strike Back yet. They, I haven't seen either show, but they both seem like they would be like this. Like craziness. Actually, I mean, there's some craziness, yes, but I would say that Banshee probably has some of the most realistic fight scenes that you see. Um, Strike Back, though. That show just seems like a, another 24 <laughs> Yeah, it's 24 meets Burn Notice, pretty much. Um, there's a show that was on Stars this past, um, maybe it was earlier this year, um, set, like, in the West, about, like, the Chinese immigrants to the... That ended up Badlands? <laughs> no, what is that show? It was based on a Bruce Lee idea that was never made, but... Now it's being made. Um, well, actually, I think the original Bruce Lee idea was westernized and turned into, uh, blowing blanks. That show, <laughs> the show with that guy on it, Kung Fu. David Carradine? Yeah. Keith Carradine? I can't tell the Carradines yeah, apart. <laughs> I think it, yeah, it was one of the Carradines. His original idea was like westernized and turned into that, but I think this might be, um, closer to like his original idea. What was the name of that show? Warrior? Was it, I think it's called Warrior. Yeah, but that's a pretty good show too, even though it's so ridiculous. <laughs> but it's actually pretty entertaining. There'll be another show we could podcast about. <laughs> nice. <laughs> lots of sex, lots of violence. There you go. Okay. Episode number two. Oh, by the way, it was called Blood Brothers because at the end, Crixus and Spartacus clasped arms and just all the blood is just like their their mm. arms and forearms are covered in blood. Theirs, other people's, who can say? It was disgusting. <laughs> yep. Second uh, episode, Spoils of War. Spoils of War originally aired March 8, 2013. Directed by Mark Beasley, written by Jed Wheaton. Oh, really? Of the Wheaton. Of the Wheatons. Um, I'm trying to close some windows. I have too many open. Saxa, Agron, Caesar haircuts. Mm hmm. Warrior. Mm hmm. Okay. Yep, all the taps. (laughs) (laughs) So. Oh, this is where the, this may be where they, um, jumped over the wall to, um, all three of them. Well, I feel like several times an episode, someone's jumping over a wall. Yeah. So. Well, there's one that I can picture in my head where it just looks so, it's so typical of this show. It was, it was kind of fun to see again after five months away. Yeah. Caesar. Oh yeah. This, oh, so this is where the gates finally burst open because the end, the last episode I think ended with him saying, "This is where you should run." Right. So this is where he finally like I thought I told you to run. Cool visual of the battering ram coming through. Yeah. The- All last episode, I was thinking about how cool it would be if somebody had a dragon, <laughs> if if Spartacus just had a dragon, and uh, in a way Caesar has one because it looks kind of like a dragon when it comes through and it's all on fire and. If he just had a dragon, he would have probably won. Mm-hmm. Somebody shot it down with him. Huh. That seems impossible. 
<laughs> you never know. It could happen. Mm. So Gannicus is still in the city. I thought maybe he was going to hide in the city and let them back in somehow. Yeah. Lugo and Nasir. Oh, was it nice. was it Lugo or was it Donar? <laughs> it's Lugo with Nasir. I think Donar was the one with Gannicus. Okay. Okay, well, he's... Is he the one that gets, like, gutted and then curb stomped? I don't know. One of them does. One of them gets curb stomped, which is awful. And then the other one is captured by the Romans. I think Donar is the one who um, stabs himself in the head. (laughs) And I think it's Lugo who did it, so... (laughs) We're both right. Yeah. This is the one where um, Spartacus barely gets away from... Crisis and Caesar. Caesar goes running after him. Like it's too early for us to fight now. Four episodes left. While Gannicus is in the city underneath the floorboards, he's with that girl who has a crush on him. Yeah. I hope nothing comes of that because I, I shipped Saxa and Gannicus. He's he's really nice to her. It's nice. Well, he seems like he's nice to everybody. He's a good guy. Yeah. But before he was just kind of telling him to. Fuck off or stay away from me. I'm bad news. I thought that when the Roman soldier heard noises underneath the floor or saw the floor, that he was going to put his ear down to the floor and his he was going to get a sword through the ear, through the head. <laughs> now what happens? Instead, Gannicus opens the uh, the door and like grabs him and pulls him in. Kind of an Assassin's Creed mo- move when you're hiding in a hay bale. And a guard walks past you. You just pull them into the hay bale. Yeah, you push the button and it pulls them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's a real Assassin's Creed (laughs) moment there. They were talking pretty loud down there. I'm surprised. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, so they um, they're hiding in the city and make their way out. And not Jupiter. um, (laughs) uh, Tiberius. his job is to throw a party for Caesar, right? Was that his job? Well, Part- he was given the tasks to do that. Oh, I didn't know that he was officially assigned for party planning. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So this was all his idea then, to have um, the world's worst tug-of-war contest? I guess. <laughs> or maybe it was just to give a speech. I don't know. I thought the whole thing was supposed was his job for the day or whatever. Well, Caesar gets his haircut. I wrote down, I don't like Caesar's short haircut. I like the short hair better than the long hair. You say Um, potato, I say potato. mm Mm-hmm. Caesar spends a lot of time um, walking around, but we never uh, get to see any Wang. Which is disappointing. I'm sure that's that's in Steve's uh, feedback. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this um, this is like an Austin Powers movie. Where everything was like strategically placed so that uh, you couldn't see any, well, you could see breasts, but you didn't see any cock. Um, yeah, they have Crassus and Tiberius have this conversation with all this. Do you like it when characters are talking to each other and everything they say has kind of a double meaning? That was kind of. Yes. That's my um, quote. (laughs) That was kind of, um,. Lucretia and what's her name? Their whole relationship with each other, pretty much. Yeah, that w- that was a great scene because the uh, the dialogue was so rich with double meaning. Yeah, well, very clever. Well, so, while we're in the um, the house, 
the the woman who has been is her name is Lita or Leta Lady Lady. Yes. Well, lady, lady. Yeah, well, lady has been uh, set free. The dad is so cruel that he says, well, it doesn't really matter that, you know, you did things for your people. You, you're still uh, betrayed us for some reason. I don't know. I don't get his logic. Anyway, he so- sells her into slavery to the pirate captain, which yeah. is insane that she went from she went from being a noble to being a hostage to being set free to being a sex slave to being a branded sex slave yeah what a i don't know i don't know how i feel about that character i don't know if i I like her or not um hard to tell feel bad for her yeah just because she was friendly with spartacus she she sold into slavery she's a pirate wench now (laughs) yeah the brand oh the pirate's kind of gross kind of gross hmm we could cover uh black sails (laughs) Yeah, I watched the first couple episodes of that. Didn't get very far into it. I hear it's, it's you know not bad. I'm sure it's fine. A lot of these shows are fine. Like they, they're. <laughs> I I don't know if they're worth watching or not. I would say Banshee is more than just fine, but maybe it's just me. Yeah. Okay, maybe it'll go on the list. I it's, I actually got back into The Handmaid's Tale for the uh, third or fourth time. Oh, I haven't uh, seen that yet. Uh, the secret is to watch it while doing something else. To give my full attention to it is too it, it's oppressive. <laughs> it's an insanely disturbing show. But wow. if I don't give it my full attention, I can be like, yeah, that's terrifying. And kind of like, well, I'll go back to uh, this hard drive I'm sorting out. <laughs> mm. well, yeah. Today, Sunday. Okay. Um... Today is Sunday, yes. So, um, yeah. Yeah, Pirate survived. It's unfortunate. Uh, his, um, what's that guy's name? Pollux? The one that Nasir was friendly with and that pissed off. Oh, it's not Pollux. Uh, Castus? Castus, yeah. <laughs> You're thinking of Castor and Pollux. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> He's with the rebels now, right? That was interesting where you don't see them until like the end of the episode. I kind of, sometimes I kind of like when they do that, just kind of a change of pace. You don't see the main stars until, or they're hardly in the episode. I was totally on board with actually not seeing them the entire episode. (laughs) I like when shows do that. There's a series of books, The Sword of Truth. You ever read those? Sword of Truth? Yeah. No. There's a TV show based on the books called Legend of the Secret, which we've talked about. On oh, Legend and, of the Secret. I do remember. I never saw the show, but I know that uh, Kay Rendell and Aaron Marr, who used to write for Millennium, wrote for that show. Okay. So. Um, I often stay on top of what my Millennium writers are up to. Yeah, well, there's one of the books. I think it was book number eight in the series. It was kind of controversial i think it was a little bit controversial among the fans because the main characters of the book don't show up until the very end and i always i thought that was like a neat thing to do because it focuses on other characters and they're talking about the main characters in the book the whole time but you don't actually see the main characters until (laughs) close to the very end oh wow so legend of the seeker it's based on the sword of truth but Characters in the book never show up on the show. Oh no no! I'm, I'm what? 
Now yeah. they're on the show. I was saying the eighth book in the series is different from the others because you don't see the main characters of oh, the it, rest of the series until the very end. In the book. Yeah, in the book. Gotcha, gotcha. I, I've heard that the fourth book in the Expanse series is very different than the rest of the show has been and that it's kind of a departure book, which has me nervous because I like I think you can do that in a book in a novel series. But when you have a TV show with a budget and you have to hit ratings and you've already been canceled <laughs> one time, you can't be like, oh, let's just totally change the pace and do something like a little avant garde. Like, please don't do that. Hannibal did that for the first half of its third season. And look what happened to it. It got canceled. Sometimes you have to be a little um, conventional to stay to stay on the air. So I'm a little worried about season four of The Expanse, but we'll see. Oh, that's book four, because they did book three. Like, really? Yeah, that was book three. They, like, rushed through in season three, I think. Mm. Um... Yeah, so there's this executions and stuff, and that's where either Lugo or Donar, one of them, <laughs> ends up killing himself rather than... Oh, he fights Caesar. He does. Uh, his chains were loosened by Tiberius. Tiberius yeah. was hoping that Caesar would get killed. I was hoping it would happen, too. I, I'm i all for a revisionist history sort of scenario. Sure, let's go for it. Let's kill Caesar. We've already turned him into a surfer dude, battle warrior, which makes zero sense. So why not just kill him at this point? <laughs> you know, like, I was gonna say that this was a um, a different guess, Julius Caesar. This was it was it Smallville, I think, where they killed off the character Jimmy Olsen, and then they just said, "Oh, this was actually his you know relative or something like that." It wasn't the Jimmy Olsen that. Yeah, we all know everything mm. about a different show. I don't know. Text Robin and ask him. Yeah, Robin would know. Um, One of the other games at Caesar's party was uh, putting metal helmets on people and hitting them in the head with hammers. <laughs> that always sounds kind of fun. Uh, all right, well, you, you have fun doing that, then. <laughs> Maybe not real hammers, but, like, rubber hammers. Uh, yeah. Foam hammers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, this, um, so on his way out of the city, Gannick is come, is, is it like the worst luck to come <laughs> Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> of all the alleyways in this city, at, at all the times, it just happens to be this precise moment in this precise place that Gannicus and that woman and the other woman, uh, run into Caesar. Please. That was dumb. But it did lead to a very exciting escape via horseback. Yeah. It was quite that. And the music was really good, too. Gannicus actually wounded Caesar a little bit. Mm-hmm. And what's-her-face lady? She took a spirit to the side. Oh, um, slave? The pirate wench. Yeah, slave. Uh, yeah, Lita. Yeah. And then we finally see um, King Spartacus. Mm-hmm. In the frozen north, freezing, half naked, maybe. Were they half naked? They're always half. Naked. They're all, well. They're never wearing pants. Yeah, <laughs> and they're happy to see Gannicus, who looks like he's about to fall off that horse. Uh huh. And they realize that uh, Crass is you know intended to trap them up on that ridge. 
And he's also still arrogant, says he will, yeah, he's going to march and death will follow behind. Is there anything else in this episode? Mm, no. It was basically Gannicus's adventures in the city um, simultaneously with the aftermath of the battle and Caesar's party. It just makes me wonder why the decision to not have Spartacus in the episode much. Was it a budget thing? Was Spartacus... Was Leo McIntyre doing something else? Like maybe he was, I don't know, filming some scenes for the next episode? Or, Could be. Um, who knows? Maybe they're just padding time or something. You know, I bet if I actually watched the commentary, I would know the answer to that. Mm. <laughs> I have to do that before sure. next time. <laughs> yeah, you do that and update us five months from now when we record again. <laughs> yeah. No, we cannot go five months before no, we do I'm that. We have to do this again this. next month. We have to do it again. Yeah, I'm guaranteeing this podcast will be will be done with Spartacus by the end of the year. October 6th or October 13th. If something happens to me... Chris Carter's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, yes. Um, quotes. Quotes. Yes. So, I enjoyed all, all the dialogue between Tiberius and his father. He says, I lay upon Corey heavy burden. Corey served greater comfort than you will ever know. I fear my pain has pressed hard against her. That was the one that it was like <laughs> <laughs> very telling. But it was it was great. I like where you say like I am what you made me, something like that. Or is it yeah. Mm-hmm. Stop talking to me. Not you. <laughs> Alright. People sending me messages. Um uh, The burden of being popular. No. Uh who's the winner? I would say Gannicus or his uh groupie. I'd go with Gannicus, sure. He had a nice little adventure. Oh, I need to turn this off. I thought I turned off notifications. Um, I'm in a group chat and they're all talk. They're all chatty right now. It just all became chatty all of a sudden. Mm. Yeah, so annoying. Who's the loser? <laughs> the listeners of this podcast. Oh, because your attention is not on the podcast. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Um, um, no, the loser is um, that woman, Leda. She <laughs> she lost every. She at least she day. took a, a nice sponge bath and she got her clothes back. You know, she felt like a lady again. And then she was fucked over by Dad Imperador. Oh, shit, it was awful. Ugh. Oh, excuse me, sorry. <laughs> Am I boring you? So sorry. No. <laughs> I was just tired. I'm all, I'm so tired. The story of the story of Will Johnson. Uh, best slay. Oh, Donar slayed himself or Lugo. That was interesting. I think that's what I would give it to. I'm gonna give it to Leda. May not be her name. When she took that poker, that branding iron, and shoved it through the pirate's neck. And then oh. he he grasped he tried to grasp it to pull it out, but it, he burned his hands on it. Um, I don't know how she got to the other side of the room with no one seeing that she was doing that. But suddenly she was behind him, and she did that. So good for her. So she gets. I don't my- know how realistic that is. I'm gonna get a hot poker and find a dummy that's you know I want to make a dummy to have kind of the same composition as a person. And see if I can get it through in one poke. Sure, you spend your time doing that. 
Hey, I don't have work, so I can do. <laughs> I have lots of free time. <laughs> oh, good. Well, not this weekend, but tomorrow I don't have anything to do. Uh, best lay. There was no penetration, but it was very sexy. That sponge bath. Okay. We got we got a full on look at everyone, the two of them, and it was very sexy and very sensual. And uh, at least she had that moment before she. You know, got sold into sexual slavery to a pirate captain. So that's my be- that's my best lay. That's the best I can do. Finally, I don't think I don't think Gannicus did anything with his groupie. No, because yeah. he is a man of honor. He is Saxa's man. No, Saxa. Uh, ratings. I don't know. I think I would put it on the same level as the last episode. Maybe even higher, just because it was an interesting change of pace. And we got to see Gannicus go on his little jaunt. Do people go on jaunts anymore? Um, have you ever read the Stephen King short story, The Jaunt? No, I have not. Hmm, do so. That on my list. It's good. (laughs) Is it like the running book? What was the name of that one? Um, The Long Walk? Maybe. It's like, oh, Stephen King can actually write. (laughs) Um,. Well, I mean, I like Salem's a lot, but um, his books are just too long. I guess that's my <laughs> that's my complaint. Um, yeah, stick to his short stories. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I'll give it eight and a half out of ten. No, I'll give it nine out of ten um, knives through the skull. Okay. I really enjoyed this episode. Um, I... W- was about to rate it higher than the previous one because I, I thought it was more... Ir- more interesting. I, I liked all the double talk of the scenes between uh, father and son and um, Gannicus's adventures and the escape by horseback was so much fun. And again, the music was really good. Um, the the action in the last one was very good. Like the fight choreography in that one was so strong. These episodes were both very good and different. And although I still think sometimes that the show, like the episodes are too long when I'm watching them, I guess it's because I'm taking notes. Where I kind of yeah. I, I feel like oh, it's still going on, and I have to watch another one. Yeah, and then I have to do a little bit of research for my fun facts, and then record. Like, uh, couldn't they be like ten minutes short? <laughs> but still, it was a lot of fun. I'm gonna give it nine out of ten. Games of tug of war. <laughs> when was the last time you played tug of war? I never have played tug of war. Why would I do that? <laughs> maybe maybe camp too. like. In camp at some point. I don't know. Ugh. I played Tug of War spring break when I was in college at Panama City Beach. Not sure why. They were doing it, so I was like, okay, I'll do this. I think we lost, though. How about some feedback? Yes. What's that feedback? <clears throat> so I muted to clear my... I the, and I think I it's think- uh, a lot of hiss is on your side, so you make sure you run noise removal. If you um, don't always do that. I do have my um, fan going. Same. Yesterday, I didn't need my fan. It was the first cool day that we've had in like two months. It was so nice. I had um, I didn't need the air conditioning on. I had the windows open, just the fan on. It was wonderful. Today, it was a lot hotter. Not incredibly hot, but much warmer than yesterday. It's cold today when I close the uh, window to keep traffic noise out. Um, we're going to be easier to filter out the fan noise. 
Um, let's see. Feedback from Steven. Steve. Steve-o! Yo, Steve-o! Season 4, Episode 5, Blood Brothers. A pretty boss episode, despite going 39 minutes before its first kill. I have two thoughts on its episode. Oh, yeah, Steve sent this on March 28th, which was right after we recorded the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, one, on the Smartercast Facebook page, I previously mentioned that this show, with its super-muscled men in armor and loincloths, is the closest thing we'll get to a live-action Warhammer 40,000 Space Marine movie. In the fiction of Games Workshop's Warhammer 40k, the Space Marine Legions are each commanded by a Primarch, warrior sons of the Emperor of Mankind. Like Spartacus and his band of merry men, the Primarchs are each colorful characters, brothers, who at times bicker and squabble selfishly among themselves. The parallels are uncanny. I will take your word for it. I kind of want to play Warhammer, though. Uh, two, on a more serious note, this episode has the most despicable scene of the whole season, Tiberius raping Kor. It was awful. Yeah. The sexual assault of a slave is bad enough on its own, but the fact that a man debasingly uses a woman as a sexual object just to get revenge on another man is deserving of a one-way ticket to a special place in, in hell reserved for that kind of scum. Whatever sympathies I might have had for Tiberius clubbing his boy toy, Sabinus, in decimation ended here. And ultimately, I question whether the scene was needed at all. I know I could have done without it. This scene earns a negative one deduction to my overall rating. Nipple count 14, cop count 0. Rating 8 out of 10 tongues, rattling, bold noise. Yeah, there was a scene last night in, um... I went to see It Chapter 2 last night, and there was a scene at, like, the very beginning that I think was totally unnecessary. Oh, there's stuff beeping here. Um, I guess my Google Home. Um, season 4, Episode 6, Spoils of War. It's fortuitous you guys review Episodes 5 and 6 together as they form one solid story, the recapture of Sinuessa, though I would say Spoils of War, a.k.a. Blood Brothers Part 2, is not as entertaining as the previous episode. Pros, the episode has some interesting score with some unique male harmonics. I like Gannicus and Sybil behind enemy lines, albeit forced, meet cute. The ease in which someone can go from slave to Roman, Caesar, and Roman to slave, Laeta, baffles me, but makes for good entertainment. Cons, after the rape, all Tiberius and core scenes are now forevermore cringe-inducing, and much like the rape in the previous episode, the Carnifica, Carnificina, seems unnecessary reminders that the Romans are the real villains of the show. I don't remember these things bothering me when I was younger, when I was full of piss and vinegar. Maybe, I, maybe I'm going soft in my old age. Why are you full of piss and vinegar? I should go back. Oh. Historical fun fact, Carnificina is a Roman punishment meaning execution in Latin. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> it is derived from the words carnis or flesh and fascio. The fuck you say? No way. Hard to make. <laughs> and I know where you got that too. You got that from Spartacus Wiki because that was the only place on the internet that defined that term, which is why it's probably not real. Hey, guess what? Relating to the carnificina, a carnifice. 
Carnifex was a professional torturer and executioner of slaves, <laughs> a common criminals in ancient Roman society. The profession was considered necessary in society. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Nipple count eight, cock count zero, rating seven out of ten. Season total, nipple count is 82, cock count is three. Wow. Got a lot of cocks to make kids to catch up. Thanks, Steve. I see your cell phone numbers in your signature. Ooh, I'm not going let's call, call him right now on the podcast. <laughs> no, no. Just, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Next time on Spartacast, we'll be discussing the episodes. This is Latin. Morris Indecepta. And the second one's called Separate Paths. Morris Indecepta. Morris. M O R S. I'm gonna. I think it's. I think it's a guy's name named Morris. No, Morris. Mori. They call Mori. I don't know. Morris Indecepta. What does that mean? Translate that for me, please. I don't know. Let's see if I find. In Morris Indecepta translation, um, human. This depends on the context. Seas, death, death, girl, death, life, death, yellow, death. Okay, I'm going to say that Crixus and Spartacus get blood infections from when they were blood brothers. Yeah, and they all die. <laughs> yeah. What about separate paths? Separate paths sounds like <laughs> a uh, like a self-help group or a new agey group. Cult. Like a cult, yeah. They all join a, a new age cult. They all move to Berkeley. And they join a cult, and uh, they have a lot of sex. Nice. Oh. Culty new, and, and but they also sell soap door to door, door to door, because <laughs> they're also a Ponzi scheme. Nice, nice, nice. Well, <laughs> I think that's it for this time. So, what about uh, <laughs> to completely change the subject? <laughs> um, you say you sent your um, video to um, not Namco Bandai. I don't know the name of the company, but what they they said we received your uh, is the podcast done? Is are we cutting off the recording oh. at this point? Okay, sure. Uh, we'll uh, we'll be back next time. Spartacast dot com, Twitter dot com slash Sparta underscore cast, Mel at Spartacast dot com. Bye. Goodbye.